Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it is August 8th, it's 2019, and we have eight baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my buddy up north, Pepsi7. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, sir. Good to be on, Stevie. Good to have you. Um, listen, it's been like a year since we worked together, and now twice in a week. Like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, you know, I'm going <laughs> to need some Canadian treats or something, like the stuff you brought to the Rotor Grinders party that one time. Butter tarts are coming, my friend. Butter tarts. Ah, I couldn't think of the name of them. That's, <laughs> that's the name of them. There we go. Um, Going to need some butter tarts uh, for sure. But anyway, we do have eight games to talk about. If you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to our sponsor, fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Rotor Grinders link so we get access to any cool promos that we do with Fantasy Drafts, with Fantasy Draft. Plus, you'll get three months of Rotor Grinders Premium for Fantasy Draft. Uh, once you make your first deposit and start playing over there, they got a $12,500 home run tournament, $25 buy-in today. You can only enter it 15 times. So you're not playing against everybody um, and their mom with 150 teams. So if you haven't checked that out, also NFL premium is live on Rotor Grinders. It includes preseason content. Make sure you go check that out. There's a banner right there on the Rotor Grinders page. Get access now. Just click it and a ton of stuff. Chris Reno and his team for NFL is doing a great job already with the preseason stuff. The preseason daily beat writer list is amazing. The preseason lineup HQ and all that stuff going live and, you know, the rankings with the ra- preseason radar stuff. There's a bunch of stuff on NFL premium for preseason. So if you're playing on the slate tonight, 11 game NFL preseason slate. Make sure you're checking out Roto Grinders Premium for NFL. Pepsi, we're here to talk some baseball and get to the business. Uh, let's start with New York Yankees against your Toronto Blue Jays. We got Domingo Herman against Thomas Pannon. Um, any interest here in Domingo Herman? Yeah, I think we do have to have some interest here. I mean, as we go through this slate, we're going to realize this is a loaded pitcher slate. Not a lot of offense to be had here. And I think it was similar last time we had this show together as well. So, you know, Mon's been pretty good. He's been really consistent. Uh, this Blue Jays team is younger. It certainly is better. But there's still some free springers here. They're not real patient at times. That tends to be the case with young teams. So they can be had. And this is certainly a spot where uh, – her man could put up a big number again, seven innings, maybe 10 Ks. I could see that easily a strikeout per inning, I think, is in play for him. And I think the quality start is definitely there. It's one of those slates where I want access to multiple pitchers here because there's a lot of guys like Herman who are, you know, all in the same kind of spot for me. Like, I don't really think there's a lot of guys that have a big edge here. There's four or five guys I like price point-wise. Uh, he's a little cheaper than most of the other guys I like on the slate. So that is a plus as well. But the matchup's a plus when I believe. The fact that he's pitching well certainly puts him in play in, in multiple entry GPPs. Yeah, and he's facing a young, a young uh, Toronto Blue Jays team. They're they're free swinging. Let's just be honest. They they have a lot of talent. If you're a Toronto Blue Jays fan, you're super excited about the future of this team. But they're young. They're going to be swinging at a lot of stuff. They're not going to walk a lot. You know, they're they're talented. But with Herman's ability to get strikeouts, um, he does give up home runs to righties. He gives up a lot of hard contact, but 26% K rate against righties. Like, the upside is certainly there. Uh, Thomas Pannone on the other side of this game, he's 4,200. He's really, really cheap, but he's a lefty face in the New York Yankees. It did not end well the first two times he saw this team. I highly doubt it's going to end well this time. 324 Woba against righties, almost a 40% hard contact rate, massive fly ball guy. His home run to fly ball ratio against righties is under 10%. We're going to see that increase before the end of the season. 5.4 X FIP against righties. I don't think you're going to have a lot of interest in Thomas Pannone on this slate. (laughs) No, sir. We definitely uh, want the Yankees bats ahead of Pannone. And I think the Yankees like the Red Sox, which we'll get to later on. Your Red Sox, of course. Right. Uh, the chalk today there's the, those are the two teams that really stand out and the rest is just kind of hit and miss but uh 
we're not rostering Pinona, I'll say. At least I'm not going that route. Yeah, we start looking at the Yankees' bats here. You know, DJ LeMayu, Aaron Judge, uh, two guys that, you know, obviously you're going to like. You already said it. The Yankees are going to be popular. Um, this isn't a good ballpark in Toronto. Roof's probably going to be closed. But we get some value, too. With all these guys kind of bang up with the Yankees, like we're looking at some of these cheaper bats where, you know, you don't love them. You don't want to click Ursula or, or Maven's names, but, you know, they're not even like super cheap on DraftKings, but some of the sites across the industry, like you're going to get a discount on these guys. Like on FanDuel, we get, you know, these guys all under 3,500 outside of, you know, Judge and LeMahieu. So I think the Yankees are going to be pretty popular today. And it'd be interesting to see what some of these stacks look like uh, with them being so popular. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely love LeMahieu and Judge. I mean, if you're looking for a big game, LeMahieu has that potential. Obviously, Judge in play for the multi-homer game. Pannon really struggles, as you mentioned. Toronto bullpen is awful. That ballpark is great for, for hitting. And, of course, on the road, the Yankees are too. So that extra bats uh, in play as well for everybody. And as you mentioned, I mean, Gleyber Torres kind of gets overlooked sometimes. And also, Ursula and Maben, if they're hitting like five and six in that order again, and, you know, Ursula especially is swinging the bat really well right now, Take advantage of a discount. And that's a way you can be a little contrarian with the Yankees, even though they're going to be popular, is maybe you stack them with somebody else with the uh, four, five, six to the order. Or, you know, use guys like Ursuline Maven with one of Judge or LeMahieu. So it gives you, you know, something a little different, despite the fact that, uh, you know, the Yankees are probably going to be the chalk. Um, you know, flipping the sides here, when we're looking at Toronto, they're, they're kind of cheap today. You know, Bo Bichette's 4,300, Biggio's 42, Vlad's 42. They're not as cheap as they once were, but they're still cheap enough. We know Herman struggles with home runs to righties. This ballpark's obviously not going to help with that. Do we take some shots here on a Bichette, um, a, a, a Vlad, you know, maybe a Biggio? Like, uh, any of these guys kind of pique your interest here? I think it's one of those things where it's a fade or it's a stack because, again, a lot of uh, good pitching on the board here tonight. So there's, there's a lot of um, tough choices to make when you're looking to stack outside of the chalk, which will be the Yankees and probably the Red Sox. Not a lot of teams in great spots here. So if you're trying to be a little different, maybe you're making, you know, three, four, five lineups. Uh, the Jays are interesting. As you mentioned, Herman gives up a lot of hard contact. They're showing Jays team can hit. They're not a lot expensive. So I don't mind the idea of stacking anywhere, one through five in this lineup. Um, but uh, for me – it's going to be at least five laps in before I consider doing that. And, again, it's only because there's just not a lot of offense to like tonight, and they would be a contrarian stack that has the potential to do some damage here. But, again, I certainly do prefer Herman versus the Jays' offense. It's just, again, trying to be contrarian or doing, you know, multiple lineups in GPPs. All right, we move on. we got the Braves and the Marlins. Dallas Keuchel against Eliza Hernandez. Um, Keuchel being 8K – Facing Miami in Miami, obviously he's getting a nice ballpark bump. You know, we look at Marlins against left-handed pitching this season. They're the second-worst team as far as WOBA. They have the lowest ISO. You know, when we look at all the power numbers, I think they have the second-fewest home runs. Um, they're not going to pop on any sheet today. You know, we know Keuchel is a guy that's going to be consistent. He's going to go out. He's going to get ground balls. Every once in a while, he'll get some strikeouts. But – at 8K, as chalk as an SP2 today, what are you doing with Dallas Keuchel? Yeah, I mean, Keuchel's been good. Keuchel's been Keuchel. You know what I mean? He's doing his thing, rolling up quality starts, not giving up a lot of hard contact, generating a high ground ball rate. We know the Marlins can't hit left-handed pitching at all. They don't strike out as much. And, of course, Keuchel, not a big strikeout guy, aside from that 12K game versus the Royals we saw a few starts ago. Um, so we're not expecting a lot of strikeouts. We're expecting a quality start. He could easily go seven or eight in this one just because he's going to get a lot of easy innings with uh, with the ballpark and the fact that, again, he generates that great ground ball right there. So in cash, as an SP2, I'm perfectly on board. Uh, as far as GPPs go, I don't like the price point. It's a little high for me to get an SP2, and I, the upside's limited. However, he's extremely safe. So if you find yourself in the SP2 range not really liking anybody, and again, I'm, I'm kind of looking at it now for the first time as you are, there's not a whole lot to love here with upside. So, you know, I could see myself even using him in some tournaments in a couple inches as well. I don't love it, but you know the points seem to be pretty safe down there. And if we can get a strikeout for anywhere close to that, that'll certainly pay off that AK salary. Yeah, like in tournaments, we can play the ownership game on, on Keuchel, Alex Wood, and Dallas Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel, John Gray, and Alex Wood. Those yeah. three guys, we can play that ownership game because – 
you know, we can rank them as far as safety, but they all have upside. So, you know, I, I'll take the lower owned tournaments out of that group, but I think they're all really strong. Um, Hernandez on the other side of this game, Atlanta's rolling right now. Like we see this team, they're hitting well, they're on the road. Obviously they get a ballpark downgrade in this spot, but this lineup is very good. Hernandez is not very good. Um, Hernandez is okay, but when we start digging into his numbers, 663 XFIP against lefties for Hernandez, 461, a 1.73 home run per nine to righties this season. Like, it's not a spot that, like, I'm going to play Hernandez today. Yeah, I mean, he's talented. He's 24 years old. I'm sure he's going to be very good at some point, but you're right. He's been inconsistent and not very good this season. Uh, Still working his way back from the bullpen there a little bit, so he's not – you know, I have a long leash for pitch count. I believe 75 pitches in his last start. So, you know, the fact that it's the Braves, very tough offense to face. They don't strike out, make a lot of contact. They're really tough. And, uh, you know, Hernandez hasn't been pitching well when he has started. And, again, the leash isn't there just because he hasn't been pitching a lot of innings. Uh, all of that means that he is completely off all my lists here tonight. Yeah, as far as Atlanta bats go, um, obviously I don't mind the Atlanta bats here. You know, they're expensive. The guys you want to play are expensive anyway. Freeman, Donaldson, Albies, Acuna. Probably use them more as one-offs here. I don't mind McCann at 3,900. He's probably my favorite one-off from this team. Um, But I I don't mind – like, this is a great spot for Freeman. When you look at Hernandez, he's really struggled with home runs to lefties this season. So – like, it's an amazing spot for Freddie Freeman. Um, it's just you're paying a lot for him in Miami. Yeah, tough ballpark, obviously. Um, and I kind of agree with you. I almost feel like unless I'm making, you know, I don't know how many laps I'm going to make at this point, but unless I'm making at least five, I don't know that I'm going to go to Atlanta just because of the ballpark. And, I mean, again, Hernandez is talented. I mean, I don't have to go that route, but he's been beat up before. And Atlanta's a good stack. I think they're another good stack. I, I certainly like them more than I like Toronto, for example. Um, you mentioned Freeman being so good, but he's pricey. Albies has been hot as well. You could do maybe a mini stack there, but I think it's a full-out stack. And if you're on DK, uh, Brian McCann, great price. I agree with you there. Always include your catch in your stack if you can. Get a decent price point on. But Atlanta's an easy one-through-five stack. That's always who we want. And the potential there is huge. I mean, Freeman Donaldson, double-dawn potential. Acuna Albies, they got the stolen base potential as well as the uh, home run upside here. So it's a fun lot to stack. It is. It's just – it's not the best matchup versus Hernandez, and obviously it's a tough ballpark. But as we go through these games, Stephen, you know it. There's not a lot of offense to be had. So perhaps outside of the Yankees and Red Sox, who we mentioned will be chalky, maybe Atlanta's the next best stack. Yeah, it's just they're so expensive. It's really tough to stack them. But yeah, yeah. like at the end of the day, the Yankees and the Red Sox aren't cheap either. So like you're going to have to sacrifice something somewhere. Um, We'll talk about another team that I like as well um, as we get going here. Uh, as far as the Miami bats, anything really standing out to you here for Miami against Keuchel? No, I mean, it's, you know, on a three-game slate, four-game slate, maybe you look at them and pick out a right-handed power bat, I guess. But, again, Keuchel's keeping the ball on the ground, not getting hit real hard. We still got eight games here. Miami's terrible. I just – I have zero interest. I'm not sure that I played a Marlon all year, to be honest. I don't maybe I, – I, honestly, I don't mind maybe like a John Birdie if he bats leadoff. Um, but – a small sample, he's shown a little bit of power. So if he bats leadoff, he's cheap on Fandoli's under 3K. And DraftKings, you can use him in the outfield or at third base, but he's 4K, probably more of a Fandle play. Cubs and Reds, we got Cole Hamels against Alex Wood. Um, any interest here in Hamels? I think you have to. I mean, Hamels has been fantastic this season. I, I just didn't see this coming. You know what I mean? He's been absolute lights out. He's been as good as – can be expected, and then some. He's exceeded expectations, really. Uh, the Reds, of course, are a couple of bats short after the, after the trade they made, so they've called up some players, and they can get pretty right-handed, but these are not bats we're really afraid of. I certainly give the edge to the Hamels. I think you throw him in the player pool along with uh, Domingo Herman as well. I think he's right there in that group. Um, you know, the price point's a little tougher, but uh, it's reasonable. I don't think $8,800 $8, is, is all that reasonable to pay for him. Uh, and again, I, I think like Herman, you can see 10Ks in seven innings for Hamels. More likely going to see a quality start in a K per inning, uh, but that's certainly worth the $8,800 price tag. So, um, you know, it's, um, it comes down to preference, I guess. I mean, you're getting a almost a $1,000 discount off of Herman, and that might be worth going to. So, yeah, I'll definitely have some exposure to Hamels. Um, you know, Alex Wood on the other side of this game. Oh, or really quick, my thoughts on Hamels. Um, since he's a team 
that has struggled with left-handed pitching a lot this season. And they've kind of moved some guys where, you know, you're not typically too worried about the bottom half of this lineup. So I think Campbell's is a guy that if you're looking for a top end stack and you want to go two guys under nine K at your pitching spots, I think that's where Hamels is going to be interesting, but I think we can get away with maybe playing a Keiko Alex Wood team because I, I do like Alex Wood in this spot. You know, we know he's very talented. He's away from the Dodgers now. We don't really like. I, I think like we see him throw like ninety-five pitches in this game. I don't think we see those eighty-pitch games anymore. I think the first game throwing eighty pitches was he was struggling. It was his first game back. If he's pitching well here, I think we see ninety-five pitches and. A Cubs team with probably no no bias in the lineup. Like, he's banged up right now. So, if he's out of the lineup, that's one of their big right-handed bats. And when we look at this team against lefties, yeah, you know, Castellanos adds a really good right-handed bat. Chris Bryant is, is, is good. But who else are you really worried about in this lineup if Baez is out? Yeah, it certainly does get watered down in a hurry. You didn't mention Castellanos there. That's, that's a big plus for them. But, uh, you know, the Cubs are still patient. Uh, they're still fairly powerful, even from the left side. The Woods pretty good, obviously, versus lefties. You mentioned him increasing his pitch count. Six and two-thirds versus Atlanta last start, 93 pitches. So you're right. He's likely going 95 or more. He was solid versus Atlanta as well, which we know is a tough matchup. I don't hate Wood. I'm more like lukewarm on him. I think he's in play. I'm not sure that I get there. The price point's pretty good at $7,600. Again, off of Hamels, you're dropping 1200 savings, which is significant over on DraftKings here. But, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of lukewarm with the matchup and, and his skill set, to be honest with you. So I'm not sure he makes my pool or not. I usually make around five to six GPP lineups per night there. And uh, I'm going to guess that he probably misses my cut tonight, but he's not a guy that I would talk you out of. Uh, Cubs bats. You know, if we're, if we're looking at the other side of this game, just because I have interest in Wood doesn't mean I don't have interest in, in Nick Cassianos at, at 4200 That price tag is very fair. Chris Bryant, 4500 If Baez is out of the lineup, those would be the two guys that I'd be targeting here. And that's the key, too. I wanted to add to that, too, that depending on the lineup, obviously we're guessing at this point, but, uh, you know, Baez is out of there and maybe they're sitting another bat. I mean, all of a sudden that, that lineup looks like he could be exposed, right? So if Baez is in there, it, it depends. So – you know, Wood's the guy that could sneak into my player pool, depending on that Cubs lineup. But, yeah, the obvious guys are Castellanos at a great price, uh, pretty much industry-wide, and, and Brian as well. If you're going to pick on him, that's where you're going to go. Again, it's one of those situations where I don't have to roster Wood. I don't have to pick on Wood either. Like, he's good enough that I don't have to go that route. So, for me, it would be a one-off likely or the two-man stack with the uh, Castellanos and Bryant combination. Uh, the red side of things here, you know, going to the other side, Cole Hamels, you said it, he's been really good this season. Like, you know, he, he's a guy that kind of struggled last year, but you know, the home run per nine to righties is down under one. The K rates at 25%. The Wobas at 284. Like the XFIP screams a little regression on these numbers, but not a ton. So, you know, what are we doing with these reds bets? Not a lot for me. I mean, it's a great ballpark for offense, but I, I don't think we see a lot of it. Ahino Suarez is the obvious bat. He's got power. He's a right-handed hitter, and he, and he obviously smashed the southpaw. So he's the one guy that I might go to as a one-off to be a little contrarian there. But uh, like I said, if I stick on the five or six lineups, I don't think I'm going to get any exposure to Suarez as well. I definitely prefer the Hamill side of things here. Aquino is a guy that I've been you know, talking about. He continues to show a little bit of power. He's a young prospect. Um, I think he has hits now in four straight games. Um, struggled in his first couple games, but has looked really good at the plate since then. So I don't mind him. You know, he's still only 3,800 um, on, on DraftKings. He's cheaper on, on FanDuel, still at 2,900. But, you know, I don't mind the Suarez call either. He's a guy that, like, I feel like he's a little cheap on DraftKings where he's a little bit more expensive on FanDuel. So you always got to kind of, you know, shop around and see what you're looking for here as far as the slate goes. Angels and Red Sox, Dylan Peters against Chris Sale. Um, Dylan Peters, tough, tough one here for Dylan Peters. You know, very small sample of only 15 innings against righties this season, but he's sitting at a 357 Woba. Is a 1.8 home run per nine, and he's going into Fenway to face the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, you're certainly not rostering Peters. I mean, I just think that's crazy. The Red Sox are explosive offense. They disappointed a little bit tonight, but uh, still, they're patient. They're powerful. Great ballpark. And Dylan Peters has shown us throughout his career, really, that he's nothing more than an average at best pitcher here. So, uh, yeah, I got no interest in him whatsoever tonight. Uh, Chris Sale, you know, other side of this game, you know, he, he, he's – 
kind of discounted here at 10K. You know, we, we've seen him at 11K a lot. Um, he's coming off of a game where he really struggled against the Yankees um, the last two times out, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are we doing here with Chris Sale against the Angels? I'm a little worried. You talk about the Yankees beating him up in the last two starts, and, yeah, you can give a couple of free passes, I guess. So the Yankees' offense is disgustingly good. You know, and you go back to the two starts before that, we struck out 10 and 12. But the three starts before that, he gave up five runs consecutively. So that's five of his last seven starts where he's been beat up. Now, the strikeouts have been pretty consistent. Even when he's getting tagged, he's still getting well over a cape running. So I, I, I wonder, though, it's like Chris Dale started slowly, then he became the Chris Dale we know, and now he's just kind of wavering back and forth here. I don't know that he's still the elite guy we're used to seeing here. And the Angels don't strike out. You know, at least if not a strikeout, some baseball versus left-handed pitching. They're in a pretty hitter-friendly environment, which doesn't help. I don't love Chris Sale tonight. And to be honest with you, I don't think I'm playing him at all. And it's because there's so much strong pitching here. And Sale, I mean, I don't think he's injured. He looks fine. He says he's fine. The velocity's still there. Something just seems to be off. And again, that's five of seven starts is a little scary for me. Throwing the fact that the ballpark's not good, the matchup's not great for upside. And, and he's the guy I think I'm going to fade tonight. We are getting a bit of a discount, as you mentioned, from him regularly. But I just think I want to wait and see a gem from him before I jump back on board when I've got six or seven really good options already. Yeah, there's a lot of pitching on the slate for sure. But if we start to see, like, Chris Sale's ownership drop in this spot, at 10K, if he's going to be low-owned, I don't care who he's facing, to be honest, at that price. Um, if he's going to be lower-owned here, I'll play him. But um, – you know, obviously, everything you said, you know, makes a ton of sense. We know the strikeout ability is always there, but the struggle is real right now. Like, you look at his last yep. two games, um, yep. obviously, the Yankees-Red Sox series, those game, those guys get up for those games. But, you know, we look at Sale, and, you know, he's middle of the road today as far as Woba goes against righties. You know, he has the highest or second highest strikeout rate on the slate against righties. But, you know, I think that you got to be careful with Chris Sale today. Like, I – think that there's better options for cash games today um you might have to go all the way up to the top but i, I think there's better options in cash today absolutely um let's talk some bats here you know do you take a shot on a mike trout or a justin upton against chris sale upton's price is interesting and if you're if you're convinced that sales not right it's not like the bullpen behind it is real strong you know boston as we know that bullpen's been really up and down this season um so yeah i don't mind upton his price obviously you can always play trout but I'm not looking to pick on Sale really either, even though I'm not sure that he's his elite self. Uh, I don't really want to pick on him. So Trout is a one-off, sure. Upton is a, is a decent price point, I think, on DK here. But aside from that, I'm not really looking to roster too many Angel bats. Yeah, I, I don't think I can roster Mike Trout at 5.8K against Chris Sale. Like, if he was getting a discount, if he's 4.8K, maybe I'll take a shot. Um, as far as the Red Sox bats go – you know, J.D. Martinez is where you start. You go to Xander. Sam Travis is a nice value. Like, he's priced up a little bit because he's been hitting better, finally starting to show what he showed in the minors in, 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 in major leagues right now. So, Sam Travis, a guy that I, I certainly like here as, as far as value goes. But all the Red Sox are in play. Um, ben Detenny probably my least favorite in the lefty-lefty at 5.1. Yeah, I mean, you said it well. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's Betts and, and Martinez. And I mentioned last show, not to forget Bogarts when you're looking at these two guys or, or three guys, sorry, if you're stacking, and he had the uh, multi-homer game. So we could see that again tonight. So don't forget about Bogarts. He hits lefties just as well, if not better than Betts and, and Martinez here. Um, those are three guys. Sam Travis, I love. I think he's my top value, period. He's likely to find himself in that five spot, as, as uh, Stevie alluded to. Great hitter in the minors, starting to come together a little bit in the majors. It's taken him a while to get there, but this is a very good hitter. And yeah, I'm not really interested in Benintendi either, that price point. I think the interesting Couturian guy would be to go to Devers if you're going anywhere. But, again, it's, it's those big righties for me and Travis for the value. Uh, don't forget about Xander. I, I'll say it one more time before we move on. Don't forget about Xander. Um, just, yeah, don't forget about him. Kansas City at Detroit. Um, Jorge Lopez. Uh, George Lopez against Matt Boyd. <laughs> Um, any interest here in old George Lopez? Absolutely not. And another guy that's not really stretched out like Hernandez either, right? And, you know, the bullpen's going to come in the fourth or fifth inning at best here. It's not a good bullpen. It's, uh, 
you know, it's, it's certainly a reason to like the Tigers. I mean, the Tigers are awful. We only strike out a ton. But even that being said, Lopez is a terrible pitcher, and he's not going to pitch deep anyway. And, and, you know, the price point doesn't matter to me. I just I actually prefer the Tigers' bats, which is a rare thing, especially since they traded Castellanos versus a righty. But uh, I just can't get into Jorge Lopez at all. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? You talked about him not being stretched out. And, like, that's obviously the biggest concern here today. But the flip side of that is we really don't have another option if we're going to punt pitcher. Like, if you're going to punt your SP2, it's really, really ugly. Like, no doubt about it. But give me the ugly, not stretched out guy against Detroit over anybody else on down there. Like, that, that's how I personally feel about it. Like, I'm probably not going to go under Alex Wood today. Um, you can, we can maybe make a case for Eric Lauer, but he's been right. rocked twice already against this team this year. Like, we can make an argument there maybe, but, like, Lopez is, like, the other argument where, all right, I'm going to load up on Boston or I'm going to load up on New York and I want to make it a full stack. I want a five-man top-end stack and I have to punt my SP2. If I'm going to take somebody down there, it's not going to be Hernandez. It's not going to be, you know, any of these other guys. It's probably going to be Lopez. And I, I hope he throws 75 pitches. He throws four or five clean innings and gets an okay start at 50, what, 65 pitches probably, 70 pitches, 75 most. I mean, I get the argument. And like you said, you're likely not going below Wood. And I agree with you. I'm probably not doing that either just because there's too much opportunity cost here. It's a loaded pitching slate which means you don't have to have the bats. But I get it. I do like to punt. I do like to load up on the, the chalky offenses at times. So, yeah, that is where you would go at $4,800. I mean, I mean, 75 pitches might be a stretch. I mean, if he's pitching well, which he certainly could against Detroit, I guess. Everybody could do that, really. 54 pitches out last time. I think 52 before that. So, I mean, he could get up to 65 probably. I guess four clean innings at $4,800. If your offense works, I'll take it. I probably won't you know, have that strategy, but I get it. Yes. If you're, if you're, uh, if you're digging down here in the dumpster, I would agree. Lopez is probably your best guy after Lauer. Uh, Matt Boyd, Matt Boyd um, on the top end, it might be the safest pitcher on the slate. Um, you know, we can make an argument for Aaron Nola against San Francisco in San Francisco. We can make an argument for Clevenger. Clevenger is probably as far as matchup goes, has one of the toughest matchups in this top tier. Um, but Matt Boyd gets a Kansas City team who all season has struggled with left-handed pitching. You know, they're, they're 27th in Woba. They strike out at a high clip. Like, this is a good spot for Matt Boyd. The only – like, here's my concerns, Pepsi. The 11-2 price tag is a concern. He's faced his team three times already this season is a concern. Um, but outside of that, like, he probably puts up 20 to 30 fantasy points, if not more, in this spot. I like him. I don't love him. Uh, he's pitched well against Kansas City. Well, they, they, I mean, a little bit of both. They've gotten to, I think, four runs each of the last two starts, but he's also piled up 10 and 7Ks in those starts. So we know what Boyd is. He's given up some hard contact. He's given up some home runs, but the strikeouts are there. So expect at least two or three runs. Uh, expect him to go six innings or more, and expect him to strike out over a batter printing. Uh, if you're good with that, then, then Boyd's certainly up there. He could certainly be a cash game guy as well. I think I'll give the edge to Nola, and we'll get to him later on. I would go Nola likely over Boyd in cash, but Boyd has to be up there in all formats. The only issue, as you said, is he's the highest-priced guy on the board, and there's a lot of guys that can match him, I think, in terms of upside and safety. So I don't know how much Boyd I'm going to have only because of the price point. I like Boyd. I know the strikeouts will be there. I know he's going to pitch deep into the game, and I'm not certainly not afraid of this Kansas City lineup. Uh, yeah, but the only thing, again, is the price point and the fact that you've got six or seven great options that could match him at a lower price. Yeah. It, it's a day where you're going to have to make that decision. Like, are you paying up? Or are you taking two guys in this 8k range and just loading up on bats? And I, I think like, honestly, I think both options are very viable. Yeah. But we go to the Kansas city bats here. Like, you know, I, I think you can make an argument for Whit Merrifield at 41. You could potentially make an argument for Dozier at, at 4k. Like those guys have upside at that price how many lineups do you end up playing them on is, is the other thing. Like, do you end up on those guys at all? Again, I guess here's the thing. If, if you're trying to avoid the stacky, uh, the chalky stack, sorry, you know, you get on teams like Atlanta, Toronto, maybe even Kansas City. You could go Maryfield, Dozier, Solaire. Um, you know, and again, the hard hits, the righties are there, the home runs are there, but I just don't see them lighting up Boyd or Boyd getting knocked out in three or four innings. The bullpen behind Boyd's terrible, but I, I think you're not seeing that till seventh or eighth innings. So, I'm not all excited about Kansas City. I would certainly have Atlanta 
And who probably even Toronto ahead of them um, on the list here. But again, if you're trying to be contrarian, there's not a lot of spots to love. So they're in play just because we lack offense everywhere. But if I'm doing five to six lineups, I won't be going there. Um, the Detroit side of things. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Lopez is not by any means a good pitcher. Detroit on the flip side of this game, by any means is not a good offense. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what are we doing here with the Detroit Detroit bats? Like, I think you could stack them. I think they're cheap. I think you stack them. I hope you hope for the best. Just take the first four or five hitters. I guess so that makes sense with your stack. Again, Lopez is not good. The bullpen's not good behind him. He's not going to pitch deep. There's potential for Detroit to score four, five, or six runs here, and that might be enough to uh, to help you with a double stack, perhaps, or something to that effect. I mean. In terms of price and matchup, they're as good as anybody to stack, really. We talked about the Jays being fairly cheap, and we don't like the, the matchup versus Herman and a good Yankee bullpen. Well, Lopez is terrible. The bullpen's terrible. Detroit's also cheap. There's a reason they're cheap. They're not very good. But, again, we are lacking options. So I'm probably going to end up with a Tiger stack and maybe even some value plays in that lineup, depending on how it looks. Uh, as our boy Blender always says, there's always a vomit stack. And if you want a vomit <laughs> stack, Detroit, like I- I'm not going to talk you off of it. Cleveland at Minnesota. We got Clevenger. We got Gibson. Um, Clevenger just continues to show us that he has a ton of upside. doesn't matter who he's facing. He has upside to, you know, win you slates. Um, the flip side of that Pepsi is Minnesota has a good offense. They're very good. You're not really getting um, a, a discount at 10.8. Like, he was 11. He's been 12K. Like, I guess you're getting a little discount, but it's not like it's a massive discount. What are we doing here with Clevenger? We know has a ceiling, but has probably the toughest matchup out of these guys up top. Yeah, you're not getting a significant discount, as you mentioned, considering the matchup. The Twins have been absolutely amazing offensively, and it seems like everybody's hot. Everyone in the lab's hot, you know? Cruz is banging them out. Sano is starting to get out. Kepler, Polanco, Rosario, they've been there all year. CJ Crone's back and swinging the bat. That's tough. But, as you said, Clevenger can win you a slate. And Minnesota has shown us they can have some big K games. Recently, they've been had a few times. They're doing a little bit of both, hitting home runs and striking out. So, I think Clevenger is a great contrarian upside play. He's not going to get much ownership at 10-8. He's a guy that's probably not going to make my list for my five or six lineups because of the matchup. And he's got the potential to mow down 10 over seven innings. And, you know, he could come in at sub 5%. So that's definitely interesting from that point of view. Again, that being said, it's such a tough matchup. And with so many good arms on the mound, you know, again, out of my five or six laps, I won't be going there. And I don't think you want to touch him in cash either. But he's very interesting in GPPs. Yeah, the interesting thing here is, like, he's facing seven guys with strikeout rates over 23%, 22% against right-handed pitching this season. Like, there's upside, but the flip side of that, five of those guys have ISOs over 230. Like, wow, it's it, it's one of those spots where it's very boomer bust. Um, and I, I love it for tournaments. Like, there's a good chance he's one of my highest-owned tournament pitchers on the slate because – He'll get a little lower ownership because he's facing Minnesota. There's 10 pitchers on the slate, like legit 10 pitchers on the slate that are good. On a eight-game slate, we have 10 guys to choose from today. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I counted right the first time. All right. Um, bats. Like, it's Clevenger. Flip side, there's five guys with ISOs over 200. What are we doing here uh, with this Minnesota Bats? It's kind of the same situation as the Hamels versus the Reds. I mean, we could take a one-off with, a, with a, a number of these Twins bats, but they're all expensive, and you're kind of just guessing. Yeah, I guess you could throw a twin stack and hope that Clevenger implodes. I, I don't see it. I probably won't do that. I'm not making enough lineups to go that route. But um, it's one of those situations where I think I don't love Clevenger, but I certainly don't want to pick on Clevenger. And, um, yeah, to me, it really is just guessing. You're guessing an expensive bat. So I think it's a situation where you go all in with twins or you just stay away from them. Um, Cleveland, you know, the other side of this game, you know, an offense that very disappointed in the early game yesterday as massive chalk. They just kind yeah. of disappointed. Um, we didn't really even talk about Kyle Gibson. Like, Kyle Gibson, kind of a, a tale of two two stories this season. 320 Woba against lefties. Um 
much better against righties, 284 Woba, 25.8% K rate. Like, he's been much better against righties. The problem for Kyle Gibson in this spot is he's probably going to face too many lefties. There's guys in that range that I like more. Do you have any interest in Gibson? I, I guess we kind of skipped over him. Yeah, I mean, Gibson's a good real-life pitcher, and the price point is excellent. It's just that, as you mentioned, the, the splits are not good for him in this matchup. Cleveland's so patient. They're not striking out. They're much deeper with guys like Puig and Reyes now. And even though they're righties, those are still tougher righties than what Cleveland had in there before. So Cleveland's just not a good matchup for pitchers anymore. Um, you know, we took advantage of it early in the season with some of our lineups, but that's not the case anymore here. So as much as I do like Gibson overall, you know, we've used him versus Toronto and, and the White Sox. And he's had some gems. This is not the spot to go there. And there's a lot of guys in his price range uh, that we really like. Alex Wood, Keiko, Gray, that are a little bit safer a little more upside there. So for me, Gibson's a pass, even though, you know, I think he's reasonably priced. I think he's a good pitcher. It's just uh, too tough a matchup for me. Yeah. We were talking about stacks earlier and I actually like the Cleveland stack here. Um, you know, we don't have a ton of offenses to stack in the slate. They're not, <coughs> excuse me. Um, they're not totally over expensive here. And you know, he has a 1.48 home run per nine to lefties. He only is generating, you know, 20% soft contact to lefties. Like, there's some upside here for these lefties, and, like, we're not paying a ton for them. Like, Jose Ramirez is 43. Kipnis is 43. We can go to the righties with Puig and Reyes, like, 42 and, and 38. Like, they're, they're cheap enough stack where, like, you can play those four guys and then decide, like, do I want Santana or do I want Lindor? Get your expensive bats, still be able to get your pitchers, and not have to sacrifice a ton of your lineup. So, I think that Cleveland is that stack if you're wanting to get off the chalk. I don't know how popular it'll be here. We'll have to see. It's an eight-game slate. They're facing Kyle Gibson. But at these prices, you kind of expect them to be a little popular. Yeah, I can't argue with that. And it's still a good offense. I know they continue to disappoint. And, you know, Gibson being a good pitcher, having good numbers overall, Cleveland continues to disappoint people. I don't think you're going to see a lot of exposure to Cleveland, which is, which is sneaky. They could be a very sneaky offense. Again, Gibson's not a guy we like to attack. He's not a gas can by any means. But uh, might be a little overrated in compared to the numbers this season so far. So uh, it's an interesting way to go. I don't know where exactly I would rank them, but I, I agree with you. They're not going to be highly owned. And uh, I think they'll come in probably under Atlanta maybe for stacking. You have the Yankees, the Red Sox, Atlanta, and then probably Cleveland in there perhaps. Yeah, probably close because, you know, we get to these last two games and we don't have a ton of stacking options. we got Philadelphia at San Francisco – Aaron Nola against Madison Bumgarner. Like, you know, we're getting a tough matchup here. Let's start with Aaron Nola. Uh, obviously, he's facing a San Francisco team that made some moves. Not the same San Francisco team on paper, but on the flip side of that, like, they're still a very beatable offense. Um, Aaron Nola, very good against righties. My issue with Nola here, Pepsi, is his struggle with lefties ha has been real, but – we have some positive regression coming. The XFIP is way lower than the ERA. Like, there's some positive regression coming here for NOLA. Do we play NOLA here against San Francisco at 10-6? Absolutely. And the positive regression has already begun. He's been absolutely outstanding since the All-Star break. Uh, the Giants offense is still terrible. The ballpark is certainly going to help him. It's the best pitcher's park in all of baseball here. So, I love NOLA. I think he's your safest play in cash. I think he can get deep. I still think he can generate a strikeout per inning here. And that's what we're looking for, Cash. We're looking for a solid seven innings, hopefully seven or more Ks, and, and somebody you can lock into those points and not have to worry. Now, I understand maybe getting off of him in tournaments because maybe the upside is limited a little bit here. Uh, but in the Cash games, he's, he's definitely my lock. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I still don't know what I'm going to do in Cash, but I'm right up there with you. I think that it's, it's definitely an interesting spot. You know, we got – Philly with Madison Bumgarner on the other side of this game. We're looking at, you know, Philly against left-handed pitching, you know, Hoskins, Ramuto, Segura, all very good against lefties, but it'd be really interesting. Like, are, are they going to leave Dickerson in the lineup? What this, what's this lineup going to look like for Madison Bumgarner, 8.4 K in the same ballpark? Yeah. I mean, aside from the last two starts, one was in Colorado, which doesn't count. Bumgarner has been very good and very consistent this year. And that, that Philly's lineup is really disappointed. And this ballpark really helps. Baumgartner has always been outstanding at home. The ballpark helps. I don't know where I sit with him. You know, I look at that price point. I think that's an excellent price point. It makes me think, huh, do I put him in that pool in that mid-range there? I mean, I'm not too intrigued to play him, but I like the price point as well. So I guess it would just come down to how many lineups I'm making and, 
and uh, you know how comfortable I am with some of those guys. And of course, we're going to see some lineups come out too, and that could change our minds. But uh, I think you could certainly put him in the player pool. I mean, the strikeout rate is not great. You know, the Phillies are middle of the pack in, in that department as well. Um, but really, I mean, outside of uh, of Reese Hoskins, who are you really afraid of in that lineup? I mean, Segura and Mutsu are solid hitters, but they're not guys you're worried about going deep in this ballpark. Harper, I mean, you know, it's a lefty on lefty matchup. Again, the ballpark's going to help them. Um, this this lab's not as uh, as scary as it was over in the season, so I really don't mind him. I guess Bumgarner is in that mid range player pool. I don't love it. I may not get there, but he's a guy that I certainly wouldn't talk you out of if you wanted to play him in a GPP. Yeah, and like we got to remember one thing about Bumgarner. Still to this day, he's dominated against lefties. Like you don't play left handed hitters against him. Less than three percent walk rate, twenty eight point seven percent K rate. Um, a 1.02 home run per nine. He still gives up a home run from time to time against lefties, but only four on the season. Like, for Bumgarner in general, he's just really good against lefties. So, if Philly rolls out this lineup with, with Harper and Dickerson and these lefties instead of, like, using Kingery and, and Sean Rodriguez and Roman Quinn and guys like that, like, obviously, Bumgarner gets a bump. And this lineup's probably not going to be out till about an hour before lock on, on a night where there's some preseason football. So, like, you, you could get an edge if this lineup is ugly on playing Bumgarner at 8.4K. As far as the Philly bats go, no, Pepsi, I don't ever mind taking a shot on Harper, but I'm not playing him here. We just got done talking about how dominant, um, you know, Bumgarner is against lefties. But it's really hard not to have interest in Hoskins at 4.2K against a lefty at 4.2K. Yeah, the price is good. I was just going to say, that's the one guy you take a shot on because, again, he's got the splits. He's the one guy that has that home run upside here. And the ballpark don't matter. When Hoskins hits the ball, man, they leave the ballpark. So, yeah, considering he's only 4.2, I don't mind that. And I might use him as a one-off. But aside from that, uh, I don't have much interest here in the Phillies offense. Yeah. Um, and I really don't have any interest in the Giants. Uh, there's just not anybody that's, like, screaming, uh, play me here. Like, I, they're getting – they're cheap. Brandon Belt's 3.5K. Yeah, he's the only one that you consider, I guess. I mean, even cash games, I mean, it's not an awful play. I guess you need the salary, but, uh, you know, the ballpark doesn't help him either, really. And I don't want to pick on Ole. He's just been so good. But I agree with you. If you're going to go with one guy, it would be Bill. But I, I think I'd rather play Sam Travis, to be honest. But... I would too. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, Rockies and Padres to finish us off. we got John Gray and Eric Lauer here. Um We'll start with John Gray. It's been an up and down season for John Gray. Obviously, his home road splits are, are massive. But the one thing that, you know, we can kind of count on John Gray is he's decent against righties. And when we look at the Padres lineup, like, it continues to be very right-handed heavy. Like, we kind of, again, Pepsi, have another guy in this range where we have to be considering him. Yeah, I love John Gray in this range in tournaments. Um, I even think he can play him in cash. As you mentioned, still dominating righties. He's at a course field. Um, only two, maybe two we see San Diego Padre lefties in there. That's about it. And uh, one of them might be Josh Naylor. So I don't think we're too concerned with that. So, yeah, I really like Gray. I think he's got the most upside of anybody in this, in this uh, um, you know, this mid-range here. And I think, what, San Diego is second or third most highest strikeout range here versus righty. So it's a great spot because we're talking about guys like Baumgartner, Keiko, Gibson, Wood. They don't have great strikeout matchups or they're just not big strikeout pitchers in general like guys like Keiko and Gibson. So Gray's the guy that I think is going to be fairly popular just because we know he has that big game potential. He's also volatile, so he's also very risky, which is why I certainly prefer him in GPPs. Yeah, and, like, uh, again, like, a, a Keiko Gray, Hamels, um, Wood, like, combo is not the craziest idea in tournaments today to get some bats because we just don't have an amazing cheap-end pitcher. But, yeah, you nailed it. This team has the third-highest strikeout rate against righties. If Will Myers and Renfro are in there, which they should, if Hedges catches, like, we get a lot of strikeouts here. So, um a lot of upside for good old John Gray. And, you know, the other side of this game – Rockies struggle against lefties. It's very known. They struggle on the road. Like, we get both of those things here. Problem is, Eric Lauer is very hit or miss. He has talent. He's very hit or miss. Um, a lot of his numbers say stay away. But it's a lefty against Colorado. We don't have a ton of cheap options. Again, I probably won't go under Alex Wood today, Pepsi, but I don't think Eric Lauer is the craziest, like, idea – in this price range. I agree with you. Because Colorado is so bad versus lefties, obviously the ballpark favors him. 
And he's been so good against righties, Lauer. That, that changeup just keeps these righties off balance. So uh, it kind of neutralizes these big righty bats a little bit. I dug into these splits a little bit in the in the BVP just because I was curious. Anytime you get a lefty that, you know, pitches well versus righties, I like to see the numbers. So Story has hit him well, and they get a fairly small sample size. I think most of these at-bats are between, you know, 7 and 12 at-bats. But Story has hit him well. Arenado and Desmond have not. So he's been able to control them. You know, some of those uh, bats are in Coors Field, too. So I think Lauer's interesting. I think if you need to save a little bit of money, I think you could get a quality start here. Again, does he have the upside of, of a guy like uh, uh, John Gray? No. But if you want the extra savings, I think the quality starts here. As Stevie mentioned, Colorado really does struggle both on the road and versus southpaws. So could he go six innings, strike up four or five batters, and give up a couple of runs? Yeah. And at $6,700, I think you can put in the player pool. Uh, I may even get some myself just because I really do think the quality starts there. I would prefer a Hamels gray type, as you were talking about earlier. I think there's more punch there. But uh, Lauer certainly in play for me. And, you know, kind of digging into his two really bad starts this season against this team, both of those starts were in Coors Field. Like, it's a massive – let's just be honest. It's a massive difference. Like, going from Coors to Petco is a massive difference. The Rockies going from Coors to Petco is a massive difference because they're a way different team on the road. So, a bunch of differences there. The flip side of that, though, Pepsi, is the bats here for the Rockies – you know, you're not going to be able to talk me off of getting some exposure to story by any means uh, at a shortstop position like that always lacks upside. You know, we're getting more upside as, you know, as we go here, you know, with Bogarts hitting well and door hitting well Tatis. like overall shortstop has become a position where you can get upside, but Trevor story still a lot of upside, you know, Nar- Nolan Arenado. I-, I know that he has struggled the BDP and all that stuff, but he's four point nine K against a lefty. Like you always have to have a little interest there too. Yeah, I still like the both. You know, Arenado struggled. But he's two for seven with a couple walks, not awful. And Story's uh, four for six, a couple of bombs and a walk. So you know, these guys are still very much in play versus the lefty. I'm just saying he's been able to neutralize them. I mean, he's shown the fact that it's been you know some some at bats in, in Coors Field. You would have assumed. Guys like Desmond and Arenado smashed them around a little bit, and they haven't, which is a little bit surprising. But I still like them a lot here. Again, we're lacking offense, so I still like the mini stack for Colorado. And, again, story at a position that's generally weak. Him and Arenado still up into the top of your list, even if you're just going with a, a mini combination here. Um, the Padres side of things here, pro- probably not going to go there. But – we don't have a ton of stacks on the slate. Yeah. Outside of Tatis, they're cheap. They have power. Like, we know Tatis, Machado, Renfro. These guys have power. I don't think it's the craziest idea to get a three- or four-man stack, especially if we start to see John Gray's ownership creep up, um, you know, on this slate. So, it's – do you go there? Maybe. I think if you're playing a bunch of tournament teams, you have to have some exposure to the Padres. Yeah, because I'm going to be overweight on the Padres, I think are on Gray story. I think I'm going to have to have at least one Padres stack. And I think you can go all five. I mean, Hosmer's not the best guy for power, but if Gray's going to struggle, it's usually versus the lefties, and, and Hosmer's hit him well. So, um, yeah, I think I'm doing at least one five-man just to kind of cover myself with the fact that I might have, you know, 50 or 60% of my laps with Gray in it there. So, and again, like you said, we're lacking offensive stacks. There's certainly merit to stack on a Padres team with a lot of power versus an inconsistent Gray and a bullpen that's also not so good behind him. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Pepsi, give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts today. Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. I should be more prepared for that, but um, – st- You're still a rookie. We're still busting you. Yeah, breaking in. under 8K. A, a no, bet- veteran rookie. I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go Lauer. I like that one. I think there's two obvious answers. I think it was Lauer and Wood. Um, so I'm going to take Alex Wood. Give me a guy over 8K to score under 15, and that's actually really hard today. It is really tough, man. It's just really tough. Um, boy, oh boy, oh boy! I really don't want to say it's sale. That's crazy. I, I'm going to say um, I'm going to go with uh, Bumgartner. I guess I, I think he's fine. I just the upside's limited, so I could I'll go with Bumgartner. Yeah, it's tough up there today is for sure. I'm going to take Cole Hamels just because of the ballpark. You know, some easy fly ball outs in some ballparks turn into home runs there. So, 
Um, I'm going to take Hamels. I don't think any of these guys realistically go under 15 if I had to project them right now. So um, over 4K to hit a home run. Give me a guy that you just, you know, you want in your lineups to hit a home run today. Uh, Aaron Judge. All right. I'm going to take my boy J.D. Martinez. Not a homer. He is amazing against lefties. He's facing one of the worst lefties um, on the slate. And, um, yeah, there's no reason not to have exposure to him today. Yeah, those are the top two bats, I think. Uh, under 4K to get two hits. Who do you got? Sam Travis was the guy I had. I'm a little worried that you might take him. So, in case you were going there, I also had Franno Reyes down here. So, either one of those guys, I think, has a good spot. But I, I definitely have Travis better of the two. Yeah, I'll let you have Travis. He, he's definitely the play down there today. Uh, no doubt about it. I'm going to go with a catcher. And I hate paying up a catcher. But 3.9K for Brian McCann. I really like Brian McCann today. Yep. Sam Travis, my favorite value play on the slate. I don't think that's anybody's shocker, but um, you know, I do like McCann. Give me a stack here to score six or more runs. Ooh, it's the Yankees or the Red Sox. I'll go Yankees. I'll let you have your Red Sox. I'm not gonna go chalky, you know better than that. Like I don't ever take the chalk. Um all right. Give me the Atlanta Graves. Okay, that's good. I like Graves. That's tough to – I mean, outside the Yankees and Red Sox, there might not be another team that scores six rounds, man. That's crazy. Um, Pepsi, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, not really, man. I think it's a great slate. Uh, you know, we talk about the pitching being so deep that we don't really like anybody outside of Lauer, perhaps Lopez. I mean, that's interesting. But, uh, you know, I really like that uh, – the double hand on that mid-range. We talked about it, guys. Like, I think my favorite combination might be Hamels and Gray. A lot of arms in there. So, you know, there's a lot of question marks up top. You know, maybe Noah's upside is limited. Clemenger, tough matchup. Boyd's expensive. Sale doesn't look the same. So there's merit to going in that mid-tier and get to some of these bats. But uh, at the same time, outside of Boston and New York, not a lot of bats we have to have either. So it's, it's going to be an interesting night. Not the best for cash. Not even sure I'm playing cash at this point, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun for GPPs. On that note, we're going to get out of here. I hope everyone has an awesome Thursday. Enjoy baseball. Enjoy the premium content here at Rotor Grinders for NFL preseason. I hope everyone has an awesome night, and we'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck, and we'll see you then.